lot of companies focus on innovation, but are you willing to take the chance or a calculated risk to change something in your existing models and use data to drive that change? And that can be incremental, that can be small. It doesn't have to be a big bang. How do you always keep challenging yourself to get better? That along with focused on your people are the ones that I believe will continue and have been successful that I have seen in the past. Welcome to the Data Chief. The Data Chief is a podcast for data and analytics leaders to share their personal stories and insights on technology, culture, and leadership. Innovation can be just another term, or it can be a living change agent within a company. Abi Bahat, AVP of Technology, Data, and Analytics at CarMax, explains that innovation must involve making thoughtful adjustments by using data to shift, quote, business models, end quote. Abi chats with us today about his journey to CarMax, including how a positive customer experience helped activate his interest in the company prior to joining the team. He also shares how both teammates and others who use the data must be trained up concerning technological advances. The Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for anyone to analyze your company's data with search and AI. Business people from companies like Walmart, Hulu, Schneider Electric, Cloud Academy, and Mercado use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. You can learn more at ThoughtSpot.com. Bobby, welcome to the Data Chief. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, Abby, I'm I'm chuckling. Some people will be listening to this podcast okay. via audio, but some will be watching via YouTube. And I am focused on your top shelf behind you. Tell me, uh, tell everyone what's on there. Yes, yes, Cindy. That is actually the Hogwarts Tower from Harry Potter. That's a Lego set of that, that... Um, which is, I think, I believe it's like a 500 piece puzzle piece that during the pandemic, I got it for my daughter to keep her busy. But and I, I was expecting that it's probably going to take like a week or two, but like day two and this was all done. So I wish I could take credit for that. But that's my daughter's work. But I love it. It looks great. <laughs> I love it, too. Hats off to your daughter. Well, at least post it on social because I'm picturing the number of pieces yeah. that it took to put that together. Um yeah, it's so cool. So I take it now your house are Harry Potter fans. Yes, we are. We are. Okay. And there's a lot more Legos over here in the back too with the Chicago skyline and uh, other Harry Potter figures and such. <laughs> oh, very good. So I guess the next question is, where are you joining us from today? I am um, at CarMax as the AVP of Technology Data and Analytics, and I am currently in Chicago. Area. Yes. You have had an interesting journey in this space, um, Abby, from McDonald's before that, yeah. slalom before that. So yes. this and which is one of our valued partners. Tell us a little bit about that journey and how are you finding the differences on the consulting side versus end customer? Yeah, hey, uh Cindy, that's a really good question. Um, so if you look at my career, majority of my career still has been in consulting. I started my career right out of school in consulting, doing data and analytics work. And as you know, with consulting, it came with a lot of travel. 
right? But yes. at some point, everybody will realize, hey, is this how do you balance your personal life and your career, etc., with uh, the travel? Yeah. So you're really now more, I would say, living with the consequences or making things happen. Yeah. An organization. I know you're you're chuckling, but I just I think back to when I became more an industry analyst and I started as an end customer and somebody said to me, Cindy, you know, I can't believe you're becoming an industry analyst formally because a consultant like tells you everything you should do, but they don't have to live with it. And an industry analyst like tells you what should be possible, but is never reality. And I was so offended by that. Um, (laughs) I don't know what, what's your take now? Now you, you don't get to leave at the end of the contract. You have to stay. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a mindset, right? Just because you were in consulting, that doesn't mean that this is a certain duration of you do things and you forget uh, and you move on and you forget about that. Right. I think if you do it right, you should always be thinking about not just for the impact you're going to have, but for your clients or for the people that you are doing the work, um, even in industry today, you're going to leave a mark. What I've said is leave things better than what you found them or got them. Yes. And if you keep that mindset, I think it doesn't matter if you're consulting or you're in industry. Yes, I like that mindset better. It's almost like getting them started and then they should be able to fly on their own. So maybe the person that said this to me was just giving me grief or was a little (laughs) jaded about these roles. <laughs> maybe, or um, maybe Cindy, they would just start to see you go. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that was true too. But so now um, here you are in a new role at CarMax. Yeah. Why now? What's the impetus um, for you personally and maybe for the company for this change? So I actually sold my car in during the pandemic in sometime around the December of uh, 2020. And um, I walked away with a really awesome experience, right? Like I got my uh, online offer, right? And it gave me like five or seven days to go and um, and get my car traded in, right? And when I went there, it, the whole process was extremely seamless. Like it was completely touchless. And I, I finished the whole process of selling the car and coming back home in less than an hour. So I walked away with a really good experience as an end customer uh, from CarMax. And um, eventually, CarMax in 2021, uh, somebody reached out and said, hey, we are looking, uh, we have an opening for this uh, data leader in CarMax from a technology perspective. We are trying to do a lot of good things in terms of cloud transformation. What are we um, embarking on this journey for um, omni-channel experience as well as expanding the scope of analytics and data at CarMax? And I'm like, yep, that sounds really intriguing. Let me at least have a conversation. Yeah, that's great that you started as a customer, a happy customer. And so you were on the receiving end of the benefits of a digital business and digital interactions. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now here you are and you're saying it was so, so quick. So now I'm thinking, wait, I just ordered a car um, six months ago and I'm still waiting. So we have not decided (laughs) how we'll sell my car, but and it shows the turbulent times, supply chain disruption. Yeah. Clearly, data has a role to play in this in terms of navigating it better. Can you elaborate a little bit on the role that data plays in CarMax? When I think about data, right, uh, Cindy, what um, CarMax or any company can do is not just what you have internal data in your own ecosystem, 
but also think about like, hey, what does, what, how can I look at internal uh, data and uh, third party external data? And how can I kind of merge both of them and make things better, either from uh, uh, company performance or sales or customer experience, whatever your focus might be for a company, right? And I think that's really, really the value or how I start seeing things in um, how companies like CarMax can make a difference. So, for example, right, like um, let's say if you had some more, I'll take the the most common use case about things, right? Um, Maybe it's the weather data. How can you look at weather data to see how you should be doing your transportation or moving your vehicle transportation or routes, right? How can you get more proactive about store openings and closures and pre-planning on things, right? So you can minimize your downtime so you can plan better. So that's kind of how I typically encourage folks and in, in companies that I get to is like most of the time, yes, people are still trying to figure out how best to use your internal data, but there's a lot of external third-party data that also could be used. Yeah. And so when we think, I actually wrote as part of the top trends for 2022 that external data and that data sharing is no longer nice to have. It is essential. It's it's essential. It's more than a competitive advantage. And yet so many organizations struggle just to analyze and access their internal data. So how do we write this? Yeah. I think it's a journey, right, or a maturity level as well. Uh, you want to capitalize the most of your internal data, right? And that, again, comes with making sure you have um, the right mindset from a data perspective on that data is an asset, right? And you want to invest in it for the right set of technology or the platforms that can make that data available and easily accessible to your then end users or your analyst. Um, and that goes by, and then that goes into the people aspect of. Let's make sure that there are folks who understand the value of data and can crunch that data or analyze that data in the right way. Making sure it's a, from a culture perspective, you're always thinking about data as an asset. Then making sure that um, the technology and the platforms are, are modernized, or you know, a lot of cloud-based technologies make that all of this data sharing, data availability, accessibility really easy. And the last thing I would say is just investing in folk, in people or analysts and the skills that they have to make sure that uh, they can analyze the data and, you know, derive the right insights from it. Yeah. So it, so it's technology, it's people skills. It's also thinking about this. Yeah. And I, I do think the cloud increasingly makes this possible, like weather data people have been analyzing for a long time. Um, But if we think about new data sources like human mobility, for example, and and sharing this data was hard in an on-premises world, how has the cloud enabled or facilitated this for you? Yeah. Let's say if you are sharing data between another company that is also on AWS or any other cloud provider, maybe let's say Azure itself, right? That the cloud providers make it really easy to share data between two different uh, companies or users of those cloud platforms. And then when you start thinking about like newer technologies in the cloud or the things that have grown through the cloud or in the cloud providers, they provide you with this uh, data sets that are readily available. And you can use those database technologies as well to share this data seamlessly between uh, between you and somebody else or subscribe to a data set that is available by them out of box, right? 
So more and more getting access to the third-party data and sharing that data between organizations is also really getting easy. Yeah, so it's the ability to get to the data without having to FTP it. And I think this is also where the, the business question becomes not what do I do with my internal data to improve the customer experience, but can I actually create a data ecosystem, a business ecosystem to better serve the customer? So the other part that you mentioned was the skills. Um, And this is where, you know, one of our other guests on the data chief said, Cindy, it's easier to change the technology that might have been in place for decades than it is to change the mindsets. How much have you encountered this kind of resistance as you shift data priorities, move to the cloud, and what are you doing about it? The way I think about it is is in two parts. One is going to be within your own team, right? Because there is, uh, as you get into newer technologies or in the cloud, there might be some skill gaps within the existing team members or you know your engineers or or your leaders within your own team, right? And the second is then your consumers or the users of your data, right? And you know from a change management perspective, then think about training. Think about what is going to be the path for that. Um, there are a lot of other external certifications if people are interested or the, the folks are motivated to, to, to get a badge for their skills. I think that's a great idea as well. I like the badging. <laughs> Tell me more about the badging because this is what encourages people yeah. um, and makes them proud yeah. rather than my employer is forcing me to do this or the industry is forcing me to do this. Yeah, I think it's uh, to me it's it's a sense of accomplishment, right? Um, every individual is um, as part of this journey, right? Like this change or transformation is going to grow, and that's a, that is one motivation to say that hey, not not only I'm growing internally, but I am recognized and I have a badge to prove it, right? Um, I'm going to extend that analogy to say like, hey, if you went to went to college and you got your degree, right? There is a there is a sense of accomplishment. You got something that you can showcase and say, not not only I went to college, but here's here's my degree and here's my certification. So going back to the the upskilling piece of it, right? And this is where I think uh, going back to your first question of what we started, this is where consultants can be great. They can come in and it can help. Right um, to see, hey, here's here's how you get on this journey. Here's how you get started, but at the same time, give your folks to get up to speed on those new skill sets and make them part of that process, so they can learn on the job as well. Right with somebody who has done it. Yeah. And um, the last thing I think it also works is hire new headcounts or people that you are trying to bring in, and make a mix of skill sets. Right with some with newer technology skills and folks who have been in the in the industry or your company who have the domain knowledge right they know how your business works they know how who your end users are how the data gets consumed and that's the idea of creating this balance um, using these three things to me <laughs> yeah I do think that the cross-pollinization is important. And so bringing in outside consultants or talent, as long as they are working on the knowledge transfer yeah. rather than just do something and then leave, I think is important. Yeah. 
but also finding this talent is really, really hard. So how do you address that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm still trying to address that. It's every place is different, right? You know, you no longer have to just recruit in Chicago, for example. You can recruit from anywhere. So I take it that you do have a work, work from anywhere model now, or do you have hubs? Yeah. So now, uh, now that's what happened during COVID, right? Now, as as offices are opening up and more and more things, uh, folks are going back. You know, that's an it's an interesting uh, dynamic now where it's become more hybrid, right? Yes. So how do we balance that with um, some presence you know, of folks at whatever the locations are, and also giving uh, the flexibility of the remote folks that were hired, right? It's it's all about that harmony or balance that we can maintain. But you're absolutely right. Like I, I, like I said, I started with the good side that, hey, it's an open field everywhere. But to to the downside of that, hey, I'm competing with everybody else too, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think that's kind of exciting to me as well is like when you then start talking about, hey, what is your organization doing? Like in terms of CarMax, right? There's so much more work, uh, transformation work that is happening from a digital perspective or, or data perspective. And I think that's the... That's the piece that um, falls on recruiting and others as leaders like myself as well is to to make sure that the talent that is coming in gets excited about that, right? And also about the culture. I would say that one of the things that excites me at CarMax is the culture, being inclusive, collaborative, as well as giving folks autonomy and truly like putting the people first, right? I think... To me, the companies with the best culture or the good cultures are going to survive this mixed model of how do we keep a balance between remote, hybrid employees and folks that are in offices. Yeah, so I think there's two parts there. One is the companies that are perceived as innovative and have innovative tech stacks are able to attract the best talent because people want to work on on the new, not yeah. on the legacy. Yeah. And then if it's a good and fun business model, like selling your car in an hour, um, that that's that's fun. It's it it leads to delight. Um this other part about culture, well, no, I don't know that any recruiter or organization would they say they have a bad culture or did the culture break? Maybe did things break during the pandemic? To your point, nobody's gonna say that from a culture, but as you get in, you realize that more and more people that this is real. This is not just fluff or this is not just what is put on paper. I would encourage folks to double click on the culture when, when they are looking for a, for a job or any opportunity, right? And get to a feeling or to a place that you have to make your own decision at that point is like, hey, am I, do I feel comfortable enough with not just the cool technology, the business model, but the culture? And do I want to be part of it, right? Or at least be at the point that, hey, this seems enough that I want to go take a chance with this. Right. And I think that's where in this great resignation, or as some <laughs> people call it, the great reshuffle, yeah. there I've seen some headlines of late, the great regret, because <laughs> people only realized they yeah. they left for the wrong reasons or what they were going to was not always better yeah. or is not as good as it looked from the outside. So um, there's there's a lot of uh, changes and shifts going on there. If you think back to your time a few years ago, yeah. back in the consulting world, yeah. you had a long time in the consulting world. 
maybe if, if there's a lesson that you can take from that, did you see any key best practices, the companies that truly were the analytics leaders versus, say, the followers or even the laggards? What would be some of the takeaways from that time? That's a great question. I think a few things come to mind. One is uh, focused on innovation, right? And a lot of companies focus on innovation, but are you willing to take the chance or a calculated risk to change something in your existing models and use data to drive that change? And that can be incremental, that can be small. It doesn't have to be a big bang. Like how do you always keep challenging yourself to get better? I think that along with focused on your people, are the ones that I believe will will continue and have been successful that I have seen in the past. Yeah, I like those too. I think that ties into your point about culture. If there is a fear of failure, yeah. then you're you're not going to have an innovative culture. It it'll be a culture filled with regret or fear. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Abi, given that you are now um, leading a team, that you are responsible for the consequences. <laughs> and I'm always responsible for the consequences of my teams, Cindy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. You, you said that. You said that earlier. You're responsible even when the contract's done. Yeah. Um, but if you think about this, there's the pace of change is so fast. Yeah. How do you keep up? Do you read? Is it podcasting? How do you keep up? You have to, to not just know or be good at what you are doing today, but, but also be forward-looking or be more strategic about how things are going to change or how, uh, what's coming up next, right? So I'd like to say that I try to do this, but invest some time of my personal time over the weekends in either um, reading or learning, um, especially in the data analytics space. Data analytics is my passion, so it makes it much easier. Um, whether it being a podcast or a book, continuous learning and finding whatever that is. Right? Like I, I wish I would say that there is only one thing that I go read or go listen to, but uh, it's a variety of things. <laughs> so what are you reading right now? This has been longstanding. And you can see the probably the book is still behind me right now, but it's called uh, On Grand Strategy. That's the book I've been trying to read. Uh, in between, I got caught up in some other books on team topologies and others. But that's one that has been pending for a little bit for me now, Cindy, that I'm trying to finish. Okay, good. So maybe we need to move it from um, the bookshelf to the coffee table. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or the breakfast table. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, it's about habits. There's also a lot of, besides keeping up with the latest, we are seeing the pace of transition. And you've had, you have... Um, gone from consulting a short time at McDonald's and now at CarMax. What do you attribute this accelerated time of digital and chief data officers changing their jobs to? This whole market or this whole pandemic has made people realize like, hey, what is more important? What do they want to really focus on, right? That goes back to what you were talking about, the great resignation, right? So that's that's changing the mindset of of the priorities and what people want to be focused on, right? Plus, I think the expectation from end customers is increasing, right? Now, now people are looking at like, hey, um, if Amazon can provide me this, why can't my X, Y, and Z other service provider do the same thing or up their game in a similar way? So the expectations are increasing from an end customer perspective. Everybody's comparing industry leaders and saying, 
how can we learn from that and how can we up our game from either a customer experience perspective or from um, what we provide as a competitive advantage, right? And that's when I think more and more companies are starting to look at how can we do this better with data analytics? How can we understand our customers better, their behaviors better? And that kind of elevates and makes the roles of the CDOs and the CDAOs of uh, really more important to give that strategic view and and make making sure that companies are looking at data as a competitive asset or an advantage. Yeah. So your take that the consumer demand, customer demand yeah. is also forcing this is a new one. I hadn't thought of that. So in a way, um, it's the customers that are placing more demands on the data and analytics teams to help deliver that better experience and outcome. So yeah, if I could order that great book that you're reading and get it within a week, yeah, it shouldn't take me six <laughs> months to get a car, but there you go, there you have it. Well, Abhi, it has been such a pleasure talking to you today. I always like to end with one of two questions. You can decide depending on okay. your mood. Um, sure. Something recently that has either made you just chuckle and totally laugh out loud, or <laughs> maybe um, what are you most grateful for? Let's go with the most grateful because we've talked a lot about people and companies, et cetera. I'm super grateful to be part of CarMax my team, my, my peers, my leaders, um, I am super grateful for that, to be part of this and being part of this journey with CarMax on where CarMax is going to go. So yeah. I think that's the one that comes to the top of mind for me right now. <laughs> that's great to hear. And I'll let you know when my new car eventually arrives, did I trade in my old car at CarMax? I'll yes. keep you posted. Please do. I would love to know. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm all about customer feedback. So let me know, Cindy, how that experience works for you as well. <laughs> I will. I'll be like the mystery shopper here. Uh, <laughs> love it. Avi, thank you so much for being on the Data Chief. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Data Chief. To learn more about today's guest, recommend a future guest, or hear more of the show, head over to thedatachief.com. If you have questions for Cindy or comments about the episode, give her a shout by dropping your thoughts on LinkedIn and tagging Cindy Housen. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Every review helps more people discover the podcast and helps us improve our content. The Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for anyone to analyze your company's data with search and AI. Business people at companies like Verizon, CVS, Amazon, Afterpay, OpenTable, and T-Mobile use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. And you can learn more at ThoughtSpot.com.